Everybody, and welcome to the WrestleMania post show for us. This is the biggest show of the year for us. It's WrestleMania and it's the results and it's how wrong we were. My name is Spencer. My name is Glenn. Welcome to the Smart Mark Show WrestleMania edition. Let's jump into it. The pre show master, Glenn, who always watches the pre show, and sometimes I do, and I did tune into the pre show for parts of it. Um, Glenn, how was the pre show? Adding two or three hours to the seven and a half hour show. It, it, it wasn't too bad. Um, it kicked off with Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese, which was a pretty good match. Uh, I thought yeah. both both guys really did uh, uh, play off each other very well. Um, you know, right at the beginning, Murphy drops Nice across the top rope, which that really had to hurt right into the top turnbuckle. Um uh, niece lands the 450 splash, and I was surprised Murphy kicked out then. I honestly yeah. thought that, that, that it was going to be over then. A little bit more back and forth with Murphy. Um, uh, Murphy did hit his first Murphy's Law, and somehow Tony Nice got that foot on the rope. I was, I was shocked. So there's two times I thought the match was over with. Um, Tony Nice did come out of this match as the new Cruiserweight champ. I, Which I did not predict. I did not predict that either. Buddy Murphy was my go-to. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do with Tony Nese now. Um, he's not a bad wrestler. Uh, it depends on who you put him against, whether he performs at his top or not. I, I, I think he performed his best I've ever seen him in this match with Buddy Murphy. Uh, up next was the Women's Battle Royale. Again, I did not pick the right winner. Me at, neither. At Oh. I actually on my notes I called it the China Battle Royal because of uh because of Xbox. Yes, that uh, awesome. But Carmella sneaking away with a win. Yeah, I did. I, and it was odd who it came down to because it came down to her and Sarah Logan of all people. Yeah, I I I don't. I, but honestly, I thought Sarah had won it. And as we were sitting there watching it, I, I looked over at Victor and I said. Wait a minute, she's not the last. Where's Carmella? Carmella didn't go over the top rope. And sure enough, about that time, here she comes sliding in the ring. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought uh, Logan was going to throw her over the top and it was going to be a uh, a big win for her. Yeah. And it wasn't. It nope. was for Carmella. I mean, it, it was entertaining. Um, and then, one of my favorite matches on the card, period, pre-show, main show, the Raw Tag Team titles, The Revival versus Ryder and Hawkins. Did not expect this one at all. Now, I did predict Ryder and Hawkins. I did get that one right. Was not expecting him to win. I figured it would be Revival, but holy crap, this match was good. Well, Revival lost all of their momentum after they came up from NXT and immediately got injured. After NXT, they had all the momentum in the world, but then uh, Dash got hurt, and then before they could come back, uh, uh, Dawson got hurt. And, um, like, it, they are not, I hate to say it because I love them so much in NXT, but they're not tag team championship material at the moment. Yeah. So if you don't have tag team championship material at the moment, um, then you just give it to whatever tag team can maybe get the fan base interested, kind of like what the B team was doing last year. Yeah. What what was interesting about this match, right at the beginning of it, uh, Zack Ryder took a nasty spill over the top rope. I honestly thought his neck was broke the way he landed. Ooh, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. That, that, I, I mean, I cringed. I'm like, holy crap, that sucks. Um, double neck breaker onto Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder took a beating in the first half of this match. Yeah. Revival did a great job, great teamwork with those two guys, both getting the hot tag back and forth, keeping Ryder separated from Hawkins. Hawkins finally got the tag in, and he went completely bonkers. He was beating the crap out of everything that he could get his hands on. Um, I loved the revival when they would go to a rider and be like, you're good. He's not. <laughs> it's like, well, you're damn true. Um, I, I, I enjoyed this match from bell to bell. And like I said, out of nowhere, 
Ryder and Hawkins the first time in what ten years? Yeah, ten years, people. Um, that they've held the tag titles. They held the tag titles. Now, not the. I mean, you know, Zack Ryder and um, and uh, Mojo. Mojo Rawley were awesome as a tag team in NXT. They really complemented each other. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins is fine. You've got someone that's really good and someone that sucks. Uh, the one thing I can say about Kurt Hawkins is this is what happens when you stick with a gimmick. And it's, even if it's a throwaway gimmick that you just decided that, well, he hasn't won in a while. He, he keeps jobbing out to people. So what if we just make that a part of his character? I'm sure that was a, a secondhand comment by somebody. Um, and now it's actually paid off. Good job. Yep. And I like these two guys because they're... The edgeheads. That's right. They're 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 geeks and fun. And Zack Ryder spends uh, way too much amount of money on action figures. They both they both do. They oh. have a, a neat podcast about um, action figures, and they have a series on the WWE YouTube uh, that I wish they would make a full fledged uh, network series. Oh, that'd be about awesome. Them going around to each city, and they always go find a toy store and they hide toys. Um, and I did watch the next match, the final match of the pre-show. Yes, the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Um, I watched parts I, of it, let me say I that. did pick the winner on this one. Uh, there were some entertaining stuff. The two jackasses from SNL uh, hit under the, the the ring for the entire match. Tried to get an upset over Braun Strowman. Yeah, that was... Uh, I would have rather seen Drew Carey come back. And get thrown out than these two morons. For them to be the end, damn they invest a lot into this SNL stuff with two guys from SNL that no one knows because they're just on the weekend update. Yeah. Like Colin Joust and Michael Cho. I watch SNL and I still don't care that they were in this. It's not like you got Jason Sudeikis, who used to be on SNL, and like the Ghostbuster women or whatever. Like yeah. you didn't. Like, when are you going to do women celebrities to get in the ring? I don't get it. Whatever. Whatever. Women don't matter. That's why they had three matches compared to 13 matches for the men on this pay-per-view. But don't worry. They got the main event slot, and that wasn't mired with the controversy. But let's get into the real WrestleMania show. Starting with the utmost controversy, when Alexa Bliss started off the show with The Racist, also known as Hulk Hogan. That, you remember that man whose daughter dated a black guy, so he went on that radio show? Radio show. And talked to Bubba the Love, Love Sponge and said the, the N-word with an R at the end a whole bunch of times. So it was like there, there was no excuse in, in the situation. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't need him there. Please go away, Hulk. Then he tried to capitalize on that joke that happened naturally. Thir- five years ago. Yeah. The Seattle thing. Oh. And he still got it wrong. The MetLife Center. <laughs> what you gonna do when Alzheimer's runs wild on you? Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, I- I'm pretty sure he called Ricochet a Mexican backstage. Uh, <laughs> that was a Lucha Underground joke if, if anyone watched Lucha Underground. Prince Puma! Um... And, and, you know, and, and, oh, oh, oh. Lesnar almost ran into the official. Oh, oh, oh. Rollins goes low. Rollins goes low. Reminiscent of Monday Night on Raw. And the referee was outside of the ring, wasn't able to see it. And now Rollins hopes turnabout's fair play. A kick to the face of the beast. So we started off, um, I named this the Brock wants to go home early, so he goes out for a quick job to Rollins for the Universal Belt match. Uh, I know it's long, but WWE has a lot of gimmick matches, and this is one of them. Um, Rollins' intro was neat. Um, yeah. You know, the swords through the, the beast. Uh, the beatdown to Rollins before the match was cool. I was really thinking, oh, the ring bell hasn't rung yet. The Shield, Dean, and Roman are going to come out there and even the odds. But no, it wasn't. Um, Brock took Rollins in the ring, suplex city them, um, and then he got curb stomped three times, and the match was over. It's weird. It's a weird match. Yeah. Um, especially all the that pr- pr- um, preceded, like everything that came before it. Like it, they set up like that the little guys are going to take a beating and then have this epic comeback. But this really looked like he just wanted to go home. He's like, just please curb stop me a few times and and let me go home. I don't want to stay around. And apparently he didn't hang around either. So. Yeah. Is it he, just me or does Brock Lesnar sweat more and more every match? 
Ooh, I don't know, man. Maybe he's on a detox. He's sweating out steroids. <laughs> like that's the one thing I can say about Seth Rollins is that yeah, he's gonna be there every week, and and also he's not gonna get busted for steroid abuse. Yeah. Um. That please, please don't get busted for steroid abuse. Um. Seth Rollins. Uh. You know he did the title swing at the top of the ramp. Is there anything I missed from the match that you wrote down that you'd like to highlight? Nope. Um. Seth. Um did have shades of a heel turn on the following Raw when Kofi came into Raw to celebrate and Seth got really, really pissed and I'm like, that's your natural state. Be a heel. Be a heel because you as babyface is weird and not really entertaining to me because of all the bad shit you did as a heel. I don't buy it. Yep. Like, some people I just don't get it them as babyface. Triple H is one of them. Um, like, I never root for them like they're babyface so they have to tote the line. Seth, when he like really... Like, really has, like, a happy-go-lucky kind of babyface promo in the ring. I'm like, could, could you just not talk for, like, a week or two? Um, so, anyway, uh, that's that was the aftermath. That was the Kobe Kingston thing. You think he's going to go heel? Do you want him to go heel? I think he's going to go heel. I like that idea. Because once you get to Seth versus Roman... You're going to have to have a heel in that match. Yeah. And Roman ain't going heel, especially now that you can send him to these children's hospitals and he can openly relate to them. Yeah. Yeah, I see Seth going heel. He was good as a heel. I mean. Oh, so good. He hurt a lot of people when he was a heel. I just hope he can rein that in. He's a shit. Ended (laughs) Sting's career. That's part of the reason why I'll never root for Seth Rollins. I would have actually, in this match, rather Brock had won that match. And, uh, you know, I actually predicted Brock. But whatever, much like my Final Four bracket, thanks to cheating by Virginia, uh, I got this wrong too. In the corner, Randy Orton rocked for a moment. Oh Some of the power of Styles, and the oh. knee right to the back of the neck, covered by Styles, oh. and a kick out by Orton. Um, the next match on the card was the let's blind the live audience so they can't actually interact with the match and they'll only chant turn off the lights match. Another gimmick <laughs> match from the WWE. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. And my first note was about the blinding and stuff. Um, I love the story going into this even though they didn't play it up as much. There was two promos they allowed these two to do to each other that really played it up. And they have really been setting this up since... Um, uh, the gauntlet match before Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. when Randy eliminated AJ at the end, or he pinned AJ at the end after AJ had gotten Kofi beaten. Um, and, uh, you know, they set that up there, but then when they got into the promos, it was really kind of a Mr. TNA versus WWE vibe. Yep. And the, and the smart marks knew it, and I wish he would have said the words, the letters, three letters, TNA. You don't even have to say Impact Wrestling because they don't go by TNA anymore. So that would have been fine. Just, you know, go all in. Because it's the number twos of each company. Yep. Number one of TNA was Kurt Angle. Some can argue Sting, but most people that watched it knew Sting didn't wrestle every week. Kurt did. Um, and then, uh, you know, John Cena on the other side of WWE. But second to Cena was Randy Orton. And second to Kurt Angle was AJ Styles. Uh, so that was that was great. Great story going in. Um Randy Orton taking four tries to get an RKO was worth it once he got it. Uh, the phenomenal forearm to the outside was cool. Uh, there was a quick ending. Phenomenal forearm was reversed into an RKO, but that was reversed into a chin breaker and then a phenomenal forearm, so it's a lot of reversals at the end. Um, it was a shorter match than I would have given them, but I know everyone gets cut for time, especially when Triv and Batista want to take 30 or 40 minutes, but it's fine. Uh, you know, quick matches sometimes are what you want. And Randy Orton is specifically that guy that if he doesn't want to step up for a match, it goes really slow. Yeah. Like, he is a great wrestler. He's probably got the most talent of any non-athletic background wrestler. But he really doesn't put an effort, but like three matches a year. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in this one. <laughs> uh, even though I loved it. I mean, you know, AJ was wrestling with an injury. Randy Orton was wrestling lazy. Whatever. What did I miss in this match? What did you highlight that I didn't get? Uh, I think you hit everything. The, you know, AJ had the went on the offensive early. Uh, then Randy hit him with that huge stomp from hell. Yeah, it's like whoa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, there was a lot of fast pacedness at the end of this match, which 
if they would have kept that pace throughout the whole thing, I think the fans would have been more invested in it. I picked Randy to win this match. So when AJ won, it was like, oh, well, okay. I picked Randy as well, but my hope pick was AJ because I did hope picks for most matches. Uh, about the fan interaction, it is hard when you can't see the match to get invested. Yeah. And if you go on Twitter and look at anyone that's been... yeah, AJ Styles retweeted a few of them. But when you go look at pictures from that match, that light is blinding. It is stupid ridiculous. Like, what the hell, WWE? Like, you have the best people in the world doing this stuff, and yet you let that pass. Weird. I think Cesaro wants a WrestleMania swing as Sheamus... 10 beats of the power in for Rusev. Round and round we go. Vicious shots by the Celtic Warrior. Oh, and now Nakamura's trying to help his partner. Sheamus came off. Cesaro's still going. Ricochet in a world of trouble, and Sheamus not stopping. Here comes Jey Uso from behind. Caught Sheamus' attention is going to get clubbed for his efforts. Ricochet's not going to be able to walk after this. Cesaro is still swinging Ricochet. This is unreal. Oh, and Cesaro's got second win. I can guarantee the one and only is going to be seeing triple, quadruple, quintuple after this. Sheamus. The next match they had fixed the lights by. This is the, yeah, let's try to fit as many tag teams as possible onto here. Even, uh, even the NXT guys who had a bust-ass match two nights before. Another gimmick title. Uh, Usos defending their tag titles versus The Bar versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev versus Ricochet and Alistair Black. What a match. Yeah. A lot of frantic, like, frantic frenzy matches, what it should have been called. Um, poor Alistair and Ricochet, man. Their, their match against the Raiders at NXT was phenomenal. And oh. They put on such a good show. Um, uh, let me preface... The whole WrestleMania thing for the rest of the show with, uh, please from now on, nobody watch NXT before you watch WrestleMania. Let's just watch it after. Like we'll watch it Monday morning, um, oh. because of how much NXT puts in their event. Um, however, if you watch the Wednesday following, you see w what they did while fans were getting into the arena, and it's not as good. But whatever. Um, uh, this is the fastest match. Really good. Uh, my favorite part. I'm gonna go ahead and throw out my favorite parts. I had two of them. Um, Cesaro, his big swing to Ricochet, as Sheamus continuously beat the chests off of everyone else. They'd get up onto the rope, and he'd turn them around, and he'd just start beating them, and some people got it way worse than others, but they all got their fair share of stiff Sheamus. Well, Al Alistair got the brunt of it. He kept going. 10, 15. Yeah, because it, I think that that was an NXT thing. Like, welcome to the main roster, boys. Yeah. I can't do a... That was not me trying to do an Irish accent. I don't know what that accent was. Ricochet, if one of those two guys, Cesaro Ricochet didn't puke when they got outside of that ring, I don't see how Cesaro does it. I don't either, and I don't know if he was like, okay, who can ride roller coasters the best? <laughs> All right, because if your equilibrium has hardened, you're not going to take this move. But you're going to take something. Um, and then um, my second favorite part was when Alistair Black gives out, gave out kicks like Oprah gives out cars. Uh, just gave one to everybody. And then Ricochet followed it up by hitting a 630 I believe on Sheamus, and then yes. then to break that pin, every single member of a tag team ran in there and and broke it. So that was a cool little segment. Like all of it was really neat. Um, the finish, of course, was Sheamus taking double kicks, then taking double splashes, and the Usos retained their tag titles. Was there any highlights you want to bring up that I missed? I think you hit everything. I honestly, I thought Ricochet after hitting that 360, they won that match. Fast matches are hard for me to keep up with my notes because I try to keep them in real time. Yeah, I do too. This was just a good, fast-paced tag match. Yeah, um, I, I was impressed. I, I really, I picked Ricochet and Alistair to win. And you know, watching NXT after they lost to the War Raiders, which wow. I picked the Usos, but I was hoping for Nakamura and Rusev. But given what happened, I'm really happy. Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy uh, the Usos uh, would fight the Hardys, which is the match I wanted at WrestleMania. But they fought them on SmackDown. It was a really good match, especially for something that wasn't a ladder match. It was just a straight-up match with each other. It was really good. Yep. Um, and the Hardys beat the, beat the Usos for the tag titles and became eight-time WWE Tag Team Champions. Uh, that doesn't count, you know, TNA, Ring of Honor. 
Uh, so they're like 15 time tag champs and it was it's really cool because Matt Hardy's in the best shape of his life oh. and he he shouldn't have ever wrestled again once his um pelvis uh fused with or his one of his lower spines fused with the bone under it yeah um I, I forget what he said I don't remember if he said his pelvis fused with his coccyx or if his um his lowest lumbar um fused with I don't I don't remember what he said, but a fusing of bones naturally is not natural. No. So uh, you know it's great that he that the Hardys are champs. I'm not big on nostalgic acts holding titles, but um, with the Hardys, I, we'll get into it later in our draft. But the <laughs> Hardys holding the tag titles that means whoever gets to beat them for them it means more. Yeah, because it's the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Oh, 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 I don't even know how Shane managed to get that right shoulder up and survive. The Miz now in a position of power, a position of control. I believe this is exactly how the Miz envisioned it. Miz wants to make Shane McMahon atone for his sins. Oh my God! Shane just bounced and then dropped about another. So. A&O can make them, it, it can make the heels stronger, whoever gets to beat them for it. I vote for Sandy, but whatever. Um, next match was Shane McMahon versus The Miz in a Falls Count Anywhere match. This was my favorite match I've ever seen The Miz in. This is the best match to me. This is his best work. Oh, especially after Shane laid hands on his dad. Or, oh, that was, yeah. oh man, there was a, a switch that flipped in The Miz, and it was like, you didn't give a rip if he was going to turn heel and just beat the holy crap out of Shane in the middle of the ring. It's yeah. like, kill him. Take his freaking head off. Yeah, what he's referencing is there was a point where Shane was going to do one of those big elbows from the top uh, rope down to the announce table onto The Miz, and George Mazzano ran in there and got ran out there and got in the way. And then he got in the, the ring and, of course, gave that meme-worthy, you know, old, white... 1930s boxing kind of stance and uh shane kind of teased him for a bit and then started kicking the shit out of him <laughs> yeah, he did. um and i was like damn he's a 67 year old civilian like that that's good for him good for him getting in there and and risking his health against shane mcmahon uh to uh to to, to help miz with his storytelling mm-hmm because um, Miz got angry and took it out on Shane, and he controlled the rest of the match Shane and did. beat Shane's ass everywhere. Shane, the only time he got anything in was he snuck a DET to that light platform and got like a two count. Um, but they, the the ending was great too. Oh. I'd never seen the Miz do anything this risky before. Now, barring I'd stopped watching wrestling at the end of 2007, didn't start back in, until 2014 when Taker's streak was lost. Um, uh, the the Miz suplexing Shane off the scaffolding was very cool and a very good epic end to this match. Oh, I, Miz knocked himself out. He was out. They tried to move him, and it was dead weight. I, I honestly thought Miz it's, might have really hurt himself. It's possible because they're falling to another platform that is probably on padding, but you still can hit your head hard because it was a, a hard surface, whatever they landed yeah. on. Now, of course, they broke through, but it's probably more likely than not like a plywood. And you can give yourself a concussion with plywood. Like if you land from 35 feet, 40 feet up, yeah, you can knock yourself out. There's an old stuntman trick that what they'll do is they'll take cardboard boxes and stack them and then lay a harder surface on top of the cardboard boxes. That way it, it, it looks even. And they went through the press board. Yeah. And he hit – I really – uh, it was comical that Shane got the win only because his arm was on top of the Miz. Yeah, almost like he pulled it out from under him and laid it on there because yeah. the suplex doesn't work that way. This, oh my God. I, I really thought Miz had hurt himself because it... And, and Miz looked strong. He's going to get sympathy love when he comes back because of you know what he was fighting for and how much of an effort he put in. And Shane's protected by being the little shit that he is. <laughs> and he'll go on and he'll kind of like he'll be able to 
bully other wrestlers into what he wants because it's like, well, I beat the Miz. He didn't get a one up on me. Yep. Um, so that that was great. I love that. Bailey gonna go up to the top rope. Sasha made a tag as well. This is a good chemistry kicking in here. There's the elbow. Boston Hunt connection. Sasha going to the top rope. Sasha Banks paying homage to Eddie Guerrero. Now we move on to something I didn't love exactly, but you know what? I won't be negative on this pay-per-view. I'm going to say everyone tried their hardest. The women's tag team fatal four-way match, Boston Hug Connection, worst tag team name in the history of tag teams, um, uh, defends their tag titles against Beth Phoenix, who needlessly returned to tag team with Natalia, the, nu- the number one coat rider. Um, and they ha- came out looking like Hart Foundation, Foundation, and Bret Hart came out with them, at least for like 10 feet. Then he's like, I'm not walking down that long-ass ramp, and he went back. Uh, <laughs> then they fought also Nia Jackson, Tamina Snuka, and of course the only real tag team in the WWE that's been around each other for more than you know, prep work for the tag team titles. Iconics. The Iconics. Um, not the Iconic duo like they were known as in NXT. Um, uh, some highlights. Natalia hit that double shark shooter on oh. Boston Hug. Uh, that's that's hard. It looks hard to do with two people. Yeah. Are, you know, they can bounce around on top of each other. Um, Nia and Tamina hit double Samoan drops um, on the Iconics. Uh, Natalia, she looked slow in this match. Um, she looked real slow. Sasha botched around a lot and didn't have a lot of coordination with people. Like always. And there's, you know, some some reports that she was just pissed off that she had to drop the tag titles and and you may be, may have asked for her release. Um, bye. Yeah, I say bye. Like quit in during my, my favorite wrestlers page. Um, Beth Phoenix hit a glam slam on Bailey from the top. That was amazing. That was neat. And I love Beth being in the match. I like watching her. I mean, I knew she wasn't going to win the t- tag title, so it's fine. Um, but little did she know, Bill- Billy Kay had tagged in. And Peyton Royce pushed Beth out. Billy Kay got the pin on Bailey. And the Iconics won the Tag Team Championships, which I love. Um, apparently, that was a last-minute change. These are dirt sheet reports, which means there's 0% confidence in them. No one knows what really goes on backstage, but it's fun to speculate. So, despite what Sami Zayn said uh, on Raw, we aren't people that criticize the wrestlers and say they're, they're, they're really bad. We don't really, we're not harsh critics, and we just like to reference the dirt sheets, but we don't really put all of our stock into it. Um... I think of the Iconics as like the Dudleys or the Hardys. Like they're some there's people that have the Hardys because they've been they've been around each other since high school. Um, they've been together for 15 years um, through training through everything else they've they've been through. And when they were brought into NXT, they were kept separate for like the first few months, and then they naturally just put them together uh, because in NXT they were really treated like um, well. Peyton Royce's whole gimmick was kind of like Poison Ivy, and Billy Cage was like Catwoman. Yeah. So it was really kind of like a natural kind of put to, put together. Uh, were there any highlights I missed from this? You know, the at the close to the start of the match, it looked like Nia was going after Billy Kay's legs, like really hard. Like I, I thought she was going to break her leg. Dang. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was it was it was. Anytime you've got that much weight coming on your leg. Oh yeah. You you know you got to take that in consideration before you start taking those kind of bumps, but. Uh, Sasha's five-star splash was, uh, it wasn't botched, which surprised she, some me. Some moves she does really well, but it's weird. Her and that tag team, she's never been, like, since the tag titles were created, she hasn't been on the same page as Bailey. No, not at all. Not at all. And if she wants to leave, my heart will not be broken. No. Um, she's got a really neat real name, Mercedes something. It was... It's like, oh, well, you're, that's a cool, that's, your name is a wrestling name. So I would suggest if you go to AEW, Ring of Honor, wherever, uh, New Japan, because she loves um, that culture over there, Asian culture in general, um, that in specifically Japanese culture, that if you go over there, use your real name. Yes. Yeah. Hang on to your real name. Don't come up with fake names. It's stupid. That's stupid in this day and age to come up with a fake name knowing WWE is going to take it and keep mm. it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like the match a lot. Of course, I love the outcome. Um, and, and everyone tried really, really hard. Like, they tried, they messed up some stuff, but everyone tried to steal the show, and you could kind of tell that effort was going in there. Once again, Daniel Bryan looking for the Boston uh, Trap. Well, Kobe, Kobe trying to find it. Kobe free. Kobe. I'll turn around, Bryan. Bryan, kick oh. out. Close call. Oh, wait a minute, one of the SOS in the corner, Brian able to fend it off, elbow right to the chin. Kobe off the top! Kobe with a close range crossbody, hook to the leg. Oh, Brian turned it into his own pinfall attempt, oh, and Kofi, Kofi got Daniel Bryan still has the arm, Daniel's looking oh, for the lapel lock. This is bad, this is bad. Uh, right, Daniel Bryan trying to lock in the lapel lock. Kofi trying to roll through, prevent it from being, oh. Oh, and a kick by Kofi! Um, now a match that really had the chance of stealing the show. Uh, the WWE Champion Daniel Bryan defended his title against Kofi Kingston in a Kofi better win or we riot match. Um, <laughs> I can't believe there was no interference. I, I thought the, I thought Straight Rowan, match. yeah, Eric Rowan didn't interfere and New Day didn't. I honestly thought there was going to be shenanigans. Whole crowd was for Kofi, and I hadn't seen that since the Daniel Bryan match um, when I watched back on stuff five years ago, WrestleMania 30, when Daniel Bryan really, um, like, it was, this really, this feud really mirrored his big Yes Movement match. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was really neat that the whole crowd was into Kofi, uh, knowing that Bryan was in the same spot as him five years ago. Uh, it's been a great story. Um, it's the best story on the card. Yeah. Um, and it's the only title match that I was invested in the story at all. Yep. I would have been invested in the woman's triple threat, but they had dragged it on for so long since November. And, like, they really had it set in stone for the last three months. And it's like, that's a long time to drag a story out. No matter how many cool moments they had, that's a long-ass time of, of filler. Anyway, not talking about that. We're talking about Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I'm mine. Daniel Bryan, in this match, so methodical, so cocky. Like, even when he did the LaBelle locks, sometimes he would do it slow. Like, yeah, wait till what's coming. I got you, bitch. Like, yep. he did, man, he played his role. Daniel Bryan as a heel is so good. With this heel character, it's so good. Um, he, he played his role really well. I'm glad, if the dirt sheets are correct, I'm glad he got creative control over his character because I don't think they would have ever come up with this. Yeah. Um, and then we also had, uh, Kofi taking a lot of those vicious kicks to the head, oh. whether it was, um, Daniel Bryan having a submission, breaking a submission, or just that, let me grab your arms and stomp your face out. Like, he took a lot of, uh, damage, but he got that trouble in Paradise at the end to get the pin and the historic win of being the first African-born wrestler and the first, and I know they don't like to say this, and they're not gonna say it out loud, the first true African-American WWE champion yep. world heavyweight championship doesn't count and they didn't even really treat it well when they had it out there um and um the wwe championship is always what's been coveted and the rock not only is he only half african-american he's not african-american his father's african-canadian so you know there's that anyway what did i miss on the highlights oh i, I really thought it was cool that um you know Daniel Bryan had Kofi tied up at one point, and Kofi just started throwing elbows. And every time he connected, the crowd was doing the yes chant. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, wow. You, that's, you can't capture that kind of lightning. This storyline is, even though it was a very short storyline. Because it was an accident. Yes. It, they followed through with it, which I, I thought was amazing. And literally, when this match ended and he got the pin i almost flipped my coffee table over jumping up off the couch i i, I want to credit someone like the road dog with this i don't know who to credit for this story but it's almost like when they needed to find a fill-in for mustafa ali now known kids as ali in case you're confused way back when <laughs> five weeks ago he was known as mustafa ali anyway um uh, when Mustafa Ali got injured and they had to fill in Kofi to the gauntlet match, I feel like someone, a, a, a light bulb went off in their head saying, this is a, our Mania main event. And especially after they saw the gauntlet match, when they asked him to really go the whole the whole time. I feel like this is organic, but also planned. Yeah. 
I mean, just think about, look at how many gauntlet match Kofi went to just to get to this point. Yeah. It was like, let's just throw Kofi, let's throw everything at Kofi. The and see if he can come out standing. kind of a gauntlet match. Yeah. Because you're wrestling for like an hour. Yeah. This was just, uh, I mean. He had a Raw's worth of wrestling, a whole Raw's worth of wrestling by the time he got to this match. Yeah. You know, there was there was one point in the match where it looked like Rowan might interfere. And out of nowhere, Xavier and Big E just stopped that crap. Just boom, shut him down. Yeah. And it was really, it was a fast-paced, I don't want to say high-flying, but there was a couple of high-flying moves. But this was, ground. this had everything in it. Yeah, it was really neat. Um, at the end, I believe Kofi's oldest son stole the whole WrestleMania show, though. Jumping up on the corner, yes. Yeah, throwing that shirt out. Like, <laughs> that kid, um, that kid is, if he wants to be a wrestler, I'm sure Vince already signed him. So He's got that, uh, he's got that gusto. Yeah. And the look on Daniel Bryan's face after he lost the belt was awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad they brought back the real belt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the yeah they had the real belt ready. They had shirts ready. It's like oh yeah, you weren't ready for this at all. Um, one thing I forgot to mention that I did love is when Daniel Bryan had Kofi in the corner and Daniel Bryan do it started trying to do the yes chance, like mocking, like cocky. It's like oh this is great. Damn it, Daniel Bryan's a heel. Don't you ever leave. The crowd didn't chant with him. They chanted no. Yeah. No. <laughs> It's great. It's awesome. Um, next up was a weekend update, guys. They're getting their physicals from the NWO. Yeah, that and was the outsiders. Funny. The outsiders were ready to, uh, you know, give a prostate exam. Um, which is, <laughs> you don't do that after a match. It's not a part of concussion protocol, except for, for Kevin Nash. He's really excited to get them hands in deep. He, he was wearing this, the Get These Hands shirt and everything. Against Baron Corbin, medically cleared to compete. Rey Mysterio sending Joe to the ropes. Oh, Rey may end this thing quick. Dial it up. 619 to the champion. I'll tell you right now, there's no way Rey cannot be feeling oh, it. But you're not, be over quickly. you're not going to miss a payday at WrestleMania, oh, trust oh, me. Oh, oh. There it is. Oh, right there. There it is. Um, the next match was the U.S. champion Samoa Joe. Uh, in the let's see how fast he can punk out Rey Mysterio's old worn out ass match, and it was great. My only note, read it right there. Suck it, Ray. <laughs> I don't like Rey Mysterio getting a push. Um, I don't like it at all. So uh, I love Rey Mysterio, but I don't love him enough to get the U.S. There's so many mid card people for the U.S. title. I don't need it on Rey Mysterio because SmackDown is basically made up of six or seven main event guys and the rest of them are mid carters they had so many god dang mid carters <laughs> that they paired rusev and nakamura into a random tag team during their feud because they're like well we really don't have any time for them or anything for them so let's just like come on man like all right whatever uh so i really didn't want ray to win samoa joe won by choke out anything i missed from that long match <laughs> I thought Less it was than 60 seconds. I thought it was classy that Ray came out anyway because cool he is hurt. Yeah. Uh and he came out looking like Mysterio. And Samoa Joe looked strong. How yeah. many times did they do that to Samoa Joe? He had to lose like four times to AJ Styles last year. Yeah. Like I'm glad Joe gets to look strong. And his intensity and his love for the US title really makes it seem like relevant. This match was so fast I didn't even realize what you know, I heard the bell and then I heard the bell. Yeah. It was like, oh, wow. So they buried Ray. But, you know, I give it, he, Ray always has a great entrance. I love the comic book references he yeah. pulls into his costumes. Yeah. Uh, I just, I hope he gets that ankle healed yeah. up so he can come back. I would love to see him on 205 Live. I know he's not 205 pounds, but. I'd see, like to see him once he's ready with to be done in ring to be the GM of 205 Live. That would be amazing. That would be great for me. Um, also, uh, I don't want him to get that U.S. If he has to get the U.S. title, let's wait for a feud with Andrade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Andrade is like the second coming of Eddie Guerrero. Um, uh, but on SmackDown, Joe talked about he could beat anybody to defend his U.S. title. And Braun Strowman's big ass came out <laughs> there. He was like, I want a singles championship, god damn it. Get these hands! <laughs> but I think Braun's only chance of getting the singles title is going to SmackDown. Just saying. Yeah. Um, Went across oh. the ring. Big boot drives oh. McIntyre out. 
Now Roman Reigns hope, hopes to build some sort of momentum here. You saw the expression on his face change. Roman Reigns with a drive-by, this time connecting. McIntyre still on his feet. It's like the slap from McIntyre unintentionally flipped a switch in the big dog's mind. Anyway, the next match was Roman beat Drew. I call this, it's time to make sandwiches and use the bathroom match. Because uh, it's Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. It's kind of like two less than mid-card talented guys that are pushed into the main event status match. Um, yeah, so those are my only notes. Roman Reigns won. Yep. I also got up and got something to eat. Yeah. I, I, this is something Seven I can watch Seven and a half on. hours. You got to give me, and this was a chance. This is intermission. Yeah, this is, you got to have, the, the, between the, the NWO skit and... Ray's match and this match, it was a perfect time to go to the bathroom, refill your drink, get you a sandwich, and yeah, that's, um, I, I agree. But you want to be back because you didn't want to miss the segment that came next, Elias. Oh, God, I love Ladies and segment. gentlemen, Elias. And he came out there, he was doing good, but then he got interrupted, as he always does. Same thing as last year. Um, <laughs> Elias versus John Cena. The only difference was this year we got the Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena. <laughs> And I loved it. And uh, <laughs> it's so great. Um, it's going to get thrown on this podcast. Um, I'm going to have it somewhere. I, um, yeah, let's actually just listen to it. The doctor with Thugonomics is back. And poor Elias just got the worst deal. Because you standing in the ring when John Cena about to turn heel. Silence your cell phone, hold your applause, shut your mouth, and no string plucks. Feel like I'm watching one of my movies because this whole damn thing sucks. This means walk with Elias? Nah, I'm not really feeling it. Because without the guitar, what it really means is wasted wrestling experiment. <laughs> I'm a bad man, my style like a pit bull bitch you. And you ain't even half a dog, you just a little piece of shih tzu. I'd ask him to do a duet, but you just put it on the shelf. Because everybody here just saw you only like playing with yourself. And they call me the golden shovel. So I'm about to bury a push. Your face looks like my nuts. Except you got a hairier bush. <laughs> Oh, looks like I wore out my welcome. It's about time that I left you, so there'll be no AA for today. But you about to get the F you. Oh, Cena! Yes, that is the return of the Doctor of Economics, John Cena. Um. Oh my God, I, I was being facetious. This. No. He's going after the fingers again. Here we go. He's going to get his other fingers. Oh, smile. This sick smile. That's a nice nose ring. No. Oh, no. Oh, don't you dare. Oh, no. Batista's helpless. He's pinned under the chair. No. He got his head out of his nose. ring out of his nose. That's going to hurt, though. Oh, oh my goodness! He got it! And then that was followed by possibly my favorite match on the card. I, I know it's my favorite match on the card. Especially because these two old guys were pushing 50. And uh, it was Triple H putting his career on the line versus Batista in Batista's final match. His retirement match. Each guy's had cool entrances. Batista had his movie star kind of entrance. Um, it would have been neat if it was 
straight up Guardians of the Galaxy actors coming out with him. But it's fine because uh, Kumail Nanjiani, Kumail Nanjiani, whatever his name is, <laughs> the guy from the first Twilight Zone episode, uh, he was out there because they have a really funny ass movie called Stuber. Uh, coming out, and he was like, I love you, Batista. And he's on like a Batista head, and he's like, He's my best friend. <laughs> Batista, look at me. He's my best friend. And Batista didn't look at him a single fucking time. It's great. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, yeah, they put great effort into this match. I remember at one point um, there was a backdrop for Batista, no table breaking. I could have sworn there was a back body drop for Batista and no table break, and then Batista speared Triple H through a, through a table. Um, the stairs are being used a lot. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Um, th- then when Triple H got that, that cool highlight moment of pulling the, the nose ring out, that was gnarly. I liked I liked that. Um, they Randy Orton had teased that kind of stuff with Jeff Hardy. I'm glad they went ahead with this because Triple H is supposed to be like, I'm just a bad guy. You happen to be cheering for me, but I'm a bad guy. Like This is what bad guys do. Um, Triple H is really more stone cold than most people realize. Yes. Um, uh, Triple H at one point got the sledgehammer and consistently and constantly failed to use it. I was like, bro, that's like your favorite thing in the world. Just act like you're hanging up a picture. Just swing it. Just swing it. It's your boomstick, buddy. Yeah. Uh, there was so many near falls in this match. It was really neat. I loved watching it. Um, I was, I was really like, part of me at one point was like, yeah, maybe Triple H is ready to, to, to hang it up. Because he can come out of retirement whenever he wants. Yeah. Um, he basically wrestles once a year, except for when they go to Saudi Arabia. Um, Ric Flair came out with that different sledgehammer, because if you saw it, you saw Trip pull two out, and he was like, oh, why do I need two sledgehammers? I won't, I won't possibly fail seven tries in a row with my sledgehammer. <laughs> uh, but Rick threw that sledgehammer in, and Triple H apparently liked it more, because he used it. And Triple H got the win, and Rick got some justice. And Batista gets to go out in style and possibly one of his top five matches ever. Yep. Uh, so, any highlights I missed from this match? No. Glenn, Glenn was not a fan of this match. I, 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 I wasn't. There. I wasn't a fan of this match. Um, I, they tried to overcome their physical age limits by throwing everything at the kitchen sink. Yeah. A lot of spots. I mean, there were a couple of great moments for me. Um you know, on the steps, Triple H hits that power bomb on Batista, which Ooh, shit. that 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 hurt me. Uh, and then he hit the pedigree, and Batista kicks out of the pedigree at two. And the frustration on Triple H's face, you know, and you can see it on the faces of the crowd. They're thinking, "Are they really going to let Batista retire, Triple H?" Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> and then Batista uh, with the DDT to trip on the steps. Yeah. Uh, one of those planting DDTs, too, where his head spikes into it and he flips over. Yeah, he legit hit his head on the steps. There's, yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of good effort. Uh, I did like the fact that Flair came out to get a little bit of justice. And he said, you go to hell. And Batista was like, no, you go. I'm glad that he didn't get into the ring. Yes. But I am happy that he came out and gave Trip that other hand, sledgehammer. It makes sense for Trip to get the win. I had picked Batista to win, but it made sense for Triple H to get the win. Yes. Uh, and then post match, I okay. thought it was classy how uh, Batista made his tweet. You know, I'm this is that was my last match. That's how I wanted to go out was against Triple H, um, which tells everybody that the whole they're not friends anymore was work it wasn't a shoot but it's still i really i don't know i i loved uh triple h celebrating with rick flair and rick flair's not a racist so i want him on every wrestlemania because we don't know when it's gonna be his last especially yeah. after that health scare a couple years ago um batista i'm glad they left batista in the ring to kind of soak it in one last time Yep. Um, I wish they would have given Batista a chance to kind of just stand up and be in there and get the You Deserve It chant. Yeah. Um, but they didn't, but it's fine. Um, it was a bust-ass match. Great effort by both guys. I thought it was a lot better than Triple H versus Seth Rollins. It was more high-impact than what I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. They did They did really good. I'm sure Batista was like, I haven't wrestled in a while. Throw everything at me. Kyle <laughs> still steps. I love it. He's the guy that loves combat, though. There was a time when Batista, the first time he quit WWE, where he was going to go into UFC and he started that training. Then he realized, you can't do steroids. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he did a few movies and then came back. Um, 
Brad Batista got to go out in style. He did. Unlike Kurt Angle. Corbin mocking Angle's family who is here tonight. Kurt, though, moves out of the way. Uh -oh. Corbin uh -oh. hung up top rope, and there is the German suplex. Hands remain clasped. We'll deliver a second one to Baron Corbin. We're seeing some of the pit bull that Baron Corbin expected out of Kurt Angle. And a third by Angle. Cover. Is it enough to win his final match here at WrestleMania? And a kick out. In the next, next match was, how many fans can we piss off because we don't let the old guy who can barely move win a match? match. Um, so it sucks not to be the boss's friend, huh? Yeah, I'm sure Kurt thought that too. But Kurt's such a giving guy, he never said no to anything. Nope. Some people said it was to his detriment. I say, well, he's such a giving guy, and that's people will always remember that he's the most talented athlete to ever step into that ring, A. And B, he did everything. And he gave everything to everyone. Yep. Let's not forget, he gave it up to John Cena to start John Cena's career. The fact that John Cena could come this close, and I'm holding my fingers like an inch apart, the fact that he let John Cena come this close in his debut match to beating the champion, Kurt Angle, that speaks for, that's the representation of his entire career. He never let anybody, like, go unsupported. Yep. He's the nicest guy in the world. I got to meet him when I was doing stuff with TNA, and it was, he was just, so so nice like he 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 just he was a very busy guy and he just took all the time in the world um unfortunately i was so star starstruck i was like look <laughs> he signed this uh and uh you know he's he's so nice he's so nice there's a lot of nice wrestlers despite what people say but he's one of the nicest um, anyway, with the match, you know, uh, my first two notes was sucks not to be the boss's friend and shouldn't have flirted with, with Stephanie. Um, and my third note was or led TNA to their heights. And then fourth note was thankfully it was a short match. Kurt Angle, um, he should have fought a more talented, fast-paced opponent to carry him through a match. Baron Corbin's not that talent. Nope. Which, um, what they're leading to, I think it's going to be a good idea, if the rumors are true. Um, that moonsault. Yeah. When I saw him looking, I was like, God dang it, don't do it, Kurt. Don't do the moonsault. And uh, I was like, if you do, do what you did to Hardcore Holly and just snap Baron Corbin's arm real quick, please. Um, yeah. The winner, of course, is Baron Corbin. It was a good match. I, I guess Kurt Angle matches aren't good anymore, really, unless he's got someone to really get with. Was, like him versus Samoa Joe is cool. Yeah. Just expanding on what Spencer said, with Kurt Angle... Him jobbing out to Baron Corbin is helping Baron get a push. Yeah, and some serious heat. Albeit we may not like it, in the long run, it's going to be good for Baron uh, because he can always pull that card. He retired Kurt Angle. Like Brock um, beating Taker Streak. Yes. They can play that card. They did play that card for five damn years. Yeah. Uh, what really... Hit it home for me was after the match. If you look in the crowd, there's a guy that's got a sign held up that said, you never sucked. And Kurt was in the ring, and he said, you know, I'm going out on my terms. So as I walk out, let's hear the two words that personified my career. And his music hits, and everybody's singing, you suck. Yeah. Which, you know, right then, you know, that pissed Kurt Angle off the first time that it happened. But it was like a term of endearment. In this match. Yep. And it, it, I don't know, it just felt really cool to watch him walk up the ramp with everybody chanting, you suck. And the fa every, I think every fan in the auditorium was pissed off that he didn't win this match. Oh, yeah, you saw people crying. Um, Kurt got his revenge on Raw uh, and then was fed to Lars Sullivan. Yeah. Um, oh, God. We'll remember his career, but not the end of it. Yeah. That's, that's what we'll do. Because um, he was already in the Hall of Fame by the time, you know, this stuff started happening. Because I really believe they wanted Kurt to fight Jason Jordan, but Jason Jordan just couldn't come back. Yep. Back elbows to the back of the neck of Lashley. What does he do here? Fowler, no way is this going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to outpower the Intercontinental Champion. There is no way Finn's got it in him. He's going to try. It's an exercise in futility, but brutal kicks. Doing what he can to break down Bobby Lashley. What? Take it. Um, Bobby Lashley was up next, defending his Intercontinental title with his damn blade eyes, versus the demon <laughs> Finn Balor. 
Um, Bobby Lashley looked as cool as ever, and I wish he'd keep these eyes, the the contacts and stuff. Yeah, it'd be be cool for his character. I feel like he could really play up a a, a brood type character pretty well. Um, uh, the mutant Bobby Lashley or something like that. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, Finn Balor, of course, the demon's always fun to see. It's fun to see him kind of squash people. Like, uh, Bobby Lashley got a couple spears, but that only led to two count. And then he got powerbombed by Finn Balor, who's considerably smaller than him. And then, uh, you know, the demon got the coup de gras, and he got the win. Uh, the only thing that really hurt this match was the, uh, rushed job they did getting this match together for Mania, because Bobby, you know, winning it back, winning the IC title back two weeks before, and... And really, there was no story of this match. So no. that sucked, but the demon's cool. Yep. Thus far to this point, Ronda Rousey oh. has dominated all the... Oh! The entire time she's been in the ring, now it's a double team. Lynch and Flair working together out of necessity. Ronda Rousey up. The power of the queen is unmatched in this matchup. And oh, Ronda. No. Oh, no. That is... Oh, oh. No. Rousey's got a double. Double. Oh, Becky got free. And meanwhile, now punishing. And Becky right to Lindsay drops her off the apron of the floor. Anything I missed? Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, and that was kind of like your breather because you were getting to the main event, which I'm sure should have went so much better. But you you can't say that these women didn't give it their all. It was the women's winner-take-all triple threat match with the man, Becky Lynch, versus the Raw women's champion, the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey, versus the SmackDown women's champion, the blue chipper, Charlotte Flair. Um, the crowd was dead by now because this pay-per-view is too long. They were so... They wanted... You could tell they wanted to get into it, but they were like, it's nap time. Like, on their time... It was past midnight when this match finally happened. Yep. It's like, wow, what the hell? Um, all the moves were stiff as hell. So that you was chop cool. like a bitch. Yeah, you chop <laughs> like a bitch. Like, oh my god, so crazy. Um, at one point, Ronda cut her arm. Then Charlotte uh, cut her arm and seemingly injured her knee. Uh, Ronda broke her hand with a very ill conceived spot that they never should have done in the first place because like yeah. what could possibly happen if we drop kick her while she's on her knees on the apron well she can break her neck or she can stop her fall and break her hand um flair hit a spanish fly on becky lynch that was really cool pretty cool um uh, becky broke a figure eight with a leg drop that was neat uh ronda i think she out efforted that's the word now everyone despite the hand um um just this triple threat match, this the story leading into it was kind of dead by the time we got to Arrival, um, and it was it was fine. I don't think Becky Lynch is the top five wrestler. I think she's a top she's number one gimmick, obviously, but the, the the amount of talent on the roster, she's probably clocking in somewhere at seven or eight. Uh, Charlotte is probably your number one overall female talent on the roster. And Ronda is top five, even though she's only been a wrestler for a year, and they got to remember that. Um, I thought it would have been better her versus Becky straight up and give the women another match in the car with Charlotte defending her title or maybe Asuka defending against Charlotte. Whatever they wanted to do. Um, but the match itself, it was really good until we got to the end. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so before we get to the end, is there any highlights I missed? Uh, when Becky, uh, they decided to add the tables into the match, you can hear Ronda yell, tables are for bitches. Mm -hmm. I guess bitches is her catchphrase. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's kind of perfect for her, right? Because bitches is derogatory towards women. So yeah. she's kind of being anti-woman, kind of like Becky is being the man. I did get a kick out of seeing Charlotte bounce Ronda's head off the table several times. Yeah, cha-cha. Uh, it was really good. I'll give it to Ronda. She wrestled... Dang near the whole match with a broke hand. Um, yes, and uh, a, a one thing to point out: never hip toss someone to a table in the corner because it never works. Exactly. It can only break someone's neck. Please exactly. don't do that ever again. Please WWE stop doing that. There's so many other moves you could do. Charlotte has a damn spear. Let her spear somebody. I did pick Becky to win the match. Yeah. I kind of thought Charlotte might pull it out and win it. 
And I thought Ronda. I was hoping for Ronda, but you know, a broken hand. You don't want to continue with that, right? I feel like this match, the ending was kind of called on the fly because you had a Piper's Pit reversed into a roll up. The shoulders weren't even down. It kind of killed the momentum of the win. Uh, everyone was kind of like hesitant to cheer. Like, is that is that really the finish? Yeah. So they, you know, the cheer wasn't the big pop it should have been. Yep. But we got Becky two belts as the winner. We'll see what happens when Ronda gets healthy and Charlotte gets healthy. But for now. B-team version of Charlotte, Lacey Evans, seems that she'll be fighting Becky Lynch for the titles. Oh, wow. That was a sucker punch out of nowhere. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get into our superstar shakeups. Glenn representing SmackDown, myself representing Raw, and we're each going to draft, basically, 10 wrestlers from each other's show. This is the way it's going to go down. There's going to be a Ben... SmackDown superstars, everyone on the SmackDown roster, in your bin, Mr. Bischoff, you get to choose from the SmackDown roster. You, Mr. Heyman, will choose from the entire Raw roster in your bin. Yeah. There'll be a total of 12 picks altogether. At the end of the night, if you're not satisfied with your picks, no problem. You can trade anyone you wish, anyone on the roster, as long as you do so by 12 midnight tonight. That's the deadline. Everyone is eligible. Great. Got so, it. gentlemen, good luck. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks, Vince. And now, the superstar shakeup. We did this not realistic because, luckily, per the dirt sheets, was just 0% confidence. Um, there is actually no word on the superstar shakeup. So, we get to do this fully fantasy style, what we wanted. Um, or what we think will happen. There's no real, there's no guiding hand to this. We just drafted 10 people that we thought would be either fun or maybe happen. So, since I'm raw, I'm going to get the first pick. And I pick the Usos. Both of them. That's my first pick on the draft. Uh, Glenn, what's your number one pick? My number one pick, Hawkins and Ryder. Wow, but they're the tag champs. I know. How do you, how do, you do that? They lose the belts and they come to SmackDown. Oh, shit. <laughs> Usos show up on Raw and win those tag belts. That'd be cool. I chose the Usos because they just dropped the titles to the Hardys and it just kind of makes sense. Um, my number two pick is the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, being drafted away from the house that he built. Good pick. Because I see him tag teaming with Finn Balor, at least to a point where they start they form uh, the, the, the club and they have a surprise third entrant. It's going to be Sting. No, I'm just playing. It's Hulk Hogan. Oh god! Uh, what's your number two pick? Uh, my number two, I'm going to pull from the women's division. Uh huh. Alexa Bliss. Ooh, the goddess who two years ago was brought from SmackDown to Raw. Um, yeah. So my number three pick is going to be another group effort, Sanity, because I'm going to fucking use them. Yeah. How about you? What's your number three pick? Uh, Finn Balor. God damn it! <laughs> All right. Club over. All right, we just traded out the two best talents on the roster. So number four, I'm gonna fucking rob you, Oscar. I'm I'm fine with Oscar because I think this female would do a lot better on SmackDown. I want Ember Moon. You bitch. Fine then. <laughs> Everyone knows you can't have mm, you can't have two black females, God forbid, on the same roster. So I'm gonna take Naomi from you. Because, you know, they she travels with the Usos anyway. It's convenient. Uh, my next one? I want to get these hands. Braun Strowman. Damn it, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> he would be a WWE champ easy, easier than a Universal champ. Yep. Um, you know what? I'm going to take your best person on your entire show. At number six, Raw picks Byron Saxton. Okay, you can have Byron Saxton. <laughs> That's legit. I think Byron and Renee may swap shows. Anyway, um, what's your number six? My number six, Bobby Roode. The glorious one. Damn it. Chad Gable has to have a successful singles career now. God help us all. <laughs> no, I love Chad Gable. I really want Bobby to get away from him and maybe turn heel. Um, number seven for me, I'm taking Rusev. Rusev Crush. Rusev Crush. Mine... Bailey. All right, fine then. I'm taking Lana with my number eight. <laughs> I am just going to step it out there. Elias. Ooh. 
Well, if there's anyone that can match his theatrics, at number nine, I'm drafting the North American champion from NXT, Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream. I would love to see Ricochet. Ooh, okay. On the SmackDown brand. Okay, that'd be, that'd be amazing. I want to see Finn versus Ricochet. Um, well, at number 10, I'm choosing the winner of the China Battle Royal, Carmella. And I'm going to make Raw F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. <laughs> so happy I spelled that correctly. I think I did. This is going to be a surprise. This is the return of the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. All right, Bray Wyatt. Well, cool. I obviously won the Superstar Shakeup because I got Byron Saxon. <laughs> You got damn Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, so, you know, <laughs> you won in a way. And we all won because they get to drop the Raw tag titles to someone. Probably the Usos. So that was our Superstar Shakeup. That was our WrestleMania review. That was what happened after WrestleMania. That was our thoughts on everything. Um, I still think Baron Corbin's going to feud with the Roman Reigns because it's just natural. Who is the most hated person? Baron Corbin. And you need Roman to get over with hated personalities. Yep. So... You know, he can fight him, and then maybe he can fight Byron Saxton. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to today's show. Um, if you disagree with us, if you hate us, you can find us on social media, all social medias, at Take the Studios. You can also find our YouTube uh, channel, which we do gaming videos for charity, and we're going to start uploading our podcast to YouTube, because um, that's a demographic we have missed entirely. Uh, you can find us at YouTube.com slash Take the Studios if you prefer to listen to podcasts there. Also, you can find us on all podcast platforms. If you can't find us, please let us know um, by finding us on another podcast platform and you know maybe commenting. But be sure to give us a good rating if you love us. Be sure to subscribe if you can stand our voices. And uh, be sure to tell your friends. Share. Share our podcast. Because we want to believe that you don't have to be an XB list or D list wrestler if you're Disco Inferno to have a successful podcast. Um, my name is Spencer, and you can find me at SYCO1316. My name is Glenn. You can find me at JokerHaHaHa79. And we will see you next time.